The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast in the biggest way possible, hanging out. The bad seed, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, under bad day, bad lie, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live and chilling the most in the Pharrell palatial, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny likes to roll up a fatty and have a Cosmo before dinner in New York City, the Big Apple. <clears throat> People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up, should do but all my friend to come around, fight some fight to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess this town to tatter. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan. Should you be shaking? Hey, it's your boy, Uncle Futrelli. I'm Pharrell with you, gigging. And we've got, of course, Carver High with us from Strong Island. Player! And Mafia is with us as well, Brian Ciano. So it's going to be a really big show. Joe Ranieri with us in South FLA with all of that gorgeous hink, hink, hink down in Miami, son. It's no joke off that 95 southbound, son. Get on South Beach, Joe Stonecrabs. It's named after Joe Ranieri. Know that, kid. Get you some of that. Von Golay. With some clams in it, son. Stay focused. We got a great show. We're going to rock today. Believe me, you. Uh, Eddie Trunk joins us. If you don't know who Eddie Trunk is and you listen to music, then you're a moron. Eddie Trunk is one of the greatest institutions in rock and roll radio history and heavy metal and hair band metal. And he's a gigantic sports fan. And he likes gambling, which makes him the perfect person to have on Coast to Coast. So we'll talk to Eddie Trunk in our dose. Stay focused. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about the Earl Thomas incident. I love this story. Not only is it fantastic for what happened, but it's Earl's birthday today. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Earl. Now get your wife out of the clink. His wife was arrested. Now, this happened in April, but the story kind of came out now. What's the difference? I love this story. So, allegedly, what happened is uh, the wife, she came rolling up because of, allegedly, Snapchat, rolling up on her hubby, knowing where he was by following on a GPS tracker, finds him in bed with his brother and a bunch of, let's just say, chicks. That weren't her. So uh, other women, if you will, other possible dates. Can we dance with Joe dates? In other words, they weren't dancing. They were actually having a small session. I have been on the road for many days. I have not drank. We have not eaten. We are starving. We are sunburned. Perhaps would you be interested in having a, with your friends, a small session? <laughs> he was caught in bed with a bunch of chicks and his brother, and she decided to pull out a gun and stick it up to his head. The clip wasn't in the gun. Allegedly, it turns out there was a round in the gun, though, because she wasn't so smart. 
She went to jail, arrested on weapons charges and everything else and all felonies. Earl says it's just a big mistake. His marriage is a big mistake. That's what I want to say today on Coast to Coast. See to see, son. Stay focused. We're going to talk about uh, Jay Glazer, my buddy. He's ripping on Big Ben. Says he's lazy and all he does is drink beer and he doesn't work out. This is a problem. NFL lays out their protocols for team facilities reopening with the Pharrell Demick going on. Hey, look who it is. SB Nation joining us right now in the middle of it all. You got to love them on SB Nation Radio, Coast to Coast. They're getting off with Pharrell. They love it. They're tuning in on the radio, radio. So here's what we've been talking about. If you missed it, Earl Thomas having a session with his brother and a bunch of chicks that weren't his wife. She pulled a gun on him. She went to jail. Jay Glazer rips Big Ben, not in shape for his fitness performance. And the NFL looking at team facilities and their protocols for reopening. Plus, NFL schedule, week one. I got some leaks for you. Jets at Bills. Shabalot Bavolo. Bucks Saints on Bourbon Street, Philly in Washington. Raiders are going to host the Monday night, week two. And then Minnesota and New Orleans on Christmas Day. Stephen Jones talking about the DAC deal that it'll get done. Seattle needs a backup quarterback, but they're apparently not interested in Cam. And then can the Chiefs be the next dynasty? We'll talk about it. Packers have the most passionate fans in all of sports. Forbes top 10. You got to be kidding me. Yesterday, I talked about the Penguins, the best hockey fans. I guess the Packers are better at everything. NBA is going to have a huge conference call with all their players on a pain-free Friday. That's tomorrow. Mark Cuban won't reopen his facilities. Lakers going to open theirs on the 16th. Warriors, maybe the 31st. We'll see if Gavin Newsom allows it. And Clay Thompson's rehab video hits the streets. That looks pretty cool what he's doing. He is grinding, son. Barkley's got a rift with Jordan after all these years. We're going to talk about UFC 249 and all the fight news in MMA and in boxing. We got a ton of it for you tonight. You're going to love it. Mafia's going to join us for that. We got fan questions coming in from the Arch City today. Like I said, uh, we'll get into hour two. Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler's divorce. We like a little messy divorce on the show. Breakdown of communication is all it is. That boy never had any way to communicate with anyone. Never stayed on top of his business. We're going to talk to Eddie Trunk, the legendary DJ. We'll get into that. We're going to talk Tiger Phil, Brady Manning, golf event, Lemuse Charity, 94 hockey video game. We're going to get into baseball news. We're going to get into college football news. And we're going to do this day in sports. Some great things happened on this day in sports, including Big Sexy going yard at Petco for the Mets. For the first time in his career, he jacked a home run into the left field seats. Big Sexy style, son. You got to get a little Big Sexy. You got to get a little you got it all like you read about on Coast to Coast with Pharrell Mafia and Carver High. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Coast, sports grid style, baby, like you read about Carver Highs with me, Mafia, Joe Ranieri. And I just wanted to say that when I came on the show today, obviously, 
I was a little intense and a little loud and a little like what we would refer to as hot in the TV world and radio world. And that's because I moved into these plush new digs. I mean, honest to God, hey, Cliff Kingsbury, you got nothing on me, bro. I got all the leg over here. I'm in the middle of Manhattan, son, Upper West Side. You should see who my neighbors are. Look out my window. You got that little Femi flame you got going in your backyard. Look what I got over here, son. I got NYC. I got New York City, son. We don't mess around over here. Look at that view. That is a million-dollar view, son. Carver High, I know you love my new digs, and that's why the microphones were so hot. They moved me into the plush new Varela penthouse, and now I am so gigging that my microphones were hot. I mean, look at you. You bought a brand-new pad. You got, I mean, you got Kingsbury beat right here. I mean, look at the new digs you're rolling with here, Scotty. I love it. I mean, it really is unbelievable. All right, so, uh, you know, I don't think Earl Thomas will be living in his digs soon because uh, he's going to end up getting a divorce. Uh, His wife caught him in bed with his brother, no less, working a little angle. He had all kinds of chicks in bed like snakes all over their bodies, and it was like uh, Methuselah. Uh, This guy was having a little session with multiple women, allegedly, and his wife came in rolling with the nine Glock. What has happened to your boy Earl Thomas? On his birthday, no less. Yeah, you know, Scotty, this is so crazy, this story. Like, there's so many layers to it, and it's almost like something that if this guy wasn't an NFL player, like, it's almost like a story that you would hear on, like, the Jerry Springer show. Like, they'd all be up on the dais right now waiting for Jerry to ask, like, did, well, we found you here. But then you get involved with the gun angle of it. And, and, and my thing, Scotty, was how Earl Thomas is basically like, yeah, listen, this is no big deal. You know, don't, don't, don't worry about it. You know, it's, everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about here. She only chased me around with my gun and I was in, you know, me and my brother had a couple of chicks in here. No worries. Who cares, Scotty? It's all good. Oh, uh, you know, there is nothing more dangerous than a scorned woman, uh, especially a woman that's with a multi-millionaire football player with a gigantic contract in the NFL who makes fat bank and she's going to get all of it because she's going to divorce his ass as sure as I'm sitting here. Uh, there's no chick I know, especially some sister that's going to say, you're going to embarrass me on national television. You're going to be, I'm going to be all over the, uh, you know, TV, radio, social media, Twitter, Instagram. You're going to humiliate me. I don't think so. And then she's going to leave his ass. That's what I know. What do you think of Jay Glazer getting into my boy, Big Ben, basically calling him a fat ass? Well, you know, listen, you, you kind of take a look at some of the recent <laughs> photographs of Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, there's, there's one for you right there. I mean, listen, you, you can take a couple of looks at Ben and, you know, you can tell that since he got hurt with the season ending elbow surgery, that he did kind of let it go a little bit. Uh, not just with the beard either, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, listen, I know that Jay Glazer is, uh, is a Superman when it comes to working out and to training people. And he does all that stuff. But you know what? Ben does it his way. There's a lot of guys, Scotty, who don't do the heavy workout regimen. Some of them uh, like to have a little bit of extra weight on them when they're playing and multiple sports. So, uh, Jay, can, can you back off a of big Ben here? Uh, just let, let's see how he looks when he comes into camp. You know, it's, it's May right now. Can we wait if there is a camp? But let's wait until we get into the fall before we start. Uh, body shaming Ben Roethlisberger here if you're Glazer, right? I have uh, I have Steeler season tickets, and I don't care if Big Ben has extra pounds because he takes a million shots, and that extra cushion <laughs> is for the pushing and all those blows he's going to take to his body. I need his arm and elbow to hold up. That's all I know. How about the protocols you're going to do at these NFL facilities? Less people in the building, lots of testing, uh, lots of cleaning. I mean, now if you're in the cleaning business – in these companies that are going to do like, you know, green cleaning these facilities and these, you know, stadiums and these shopping centers and malls and schools. I mean, you're going to make some money these days because that's what the NFL is doing with their protocols. Yeah, everybody is uh, they're, they're, anybody that's open and has people inside of their buildings right now. They're, they're doing the deep cleaning at night. Even the New York City subway system now has to shut down on the overnight and they deep clean the thing. I don't know, Scott. Like, these guys aren't even supposed to play until September. Training camp isn't supposed to be till the end of July. Uh, what's the what's the rush here, uh, if you're the NFL, to get people back in these buildings? I understand that there's an off-season workout program. I understand that th- that's an integral part 
of getting guys like rookies up to speed. But um, why don't we just do everything uh, technologically wise uh, from a distance here right now? Why do we have to run NBA? I understand they're in a bigger rush. They want to finish their season, NHL, et cetera. NFL has time here, Scotty. Why are we rushing to get 50 plus players back into a building right now and all the staff, which is enormous in the NFL? What is the rush? I want to get uh, basketball, hockey, baseball going, and then college football, and then I want my Steelers season tickets delivered to my house. These are the things. These are priorities. And I also want to get all the guns out of the house so 34C doesn't catch me with a bunch of chicks in bed. Uh, let's look at uh, the early leaks cover high of the schedule. Uh, week one, Jets, Bills, your Bills hosting uh, Mafia's Jets. At Rich Stadium, whatever the hell they call it now in in uh, Buffalo, what do they call it now? New, new Era, Era Field, Stadium. New, new Era Field, yes, New Era Field. It's Rich Stadium, uh, son. Remember that. It, it, well, listen, it's I love Rich Stadium. That was what it was in the early '90s, of course, when they went on their runs. Then they changed it to Ralph Wilson Stadium. Now it is New Era Field. Um, look, uh, they played the Jets last year in Week One. That was at the Meadowlands, and they ended up coming back from 16 points down to win that game. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Jets at home in week one, but does it really matter where the game is played, Sakani? Because there's not going to be any fans in the seats anyway. You but, think the but wait a minute, the games, <laughs> the games in Buffalo. So, you, you know, you'll take I the know. Jets week one at home. But you, you, oh, you'll beat the Jets week one in Buffalo. Listen, that's what's right. going to happen. The, I'm the saying, are win. Well, if you're if you're one of these teams that has early season home games, and that's assuming that later in the season they might get fans into them. Now, maybe they'll have fans uh, in the seats at some point, you know, in early September, I don't see it, but maybe they will. And if they do, sure. Then it's an advantage, but you're playing a home game week one and there's nobody in the building who cares where the game is played. Right. Uh, Tom Brady at the saints week one, uh, Philadelphia, Washington, week one, week two Raiders host the saints on Monday night football and Christmas day, Minnesota, new Orleans. You know what they do to us on that Thanksgiving? They cram the lions down our throats. But what do you think? Well, uh, what did we say yesterday? Bucks every week on national television. They're going to be on Bucks Saints week one national television book. It. Yep. 425 is what they're saying that game will be. So that'll be like the major national game. The Sunday afternoon week one 425 game will most likely be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and a good matchup. And they got a lot of them this year with uh, Drew Brees and the Saints. So a good one to get going. And I'm sure you'll see it, Scotty. Uh, five or six primetime games coming for the Bucks later tonight when they release five the entire schedule. Six. You know it's coming. I don't know what the mag. Five I think that's six. the max you could do. <laughs> All right, I'll do a FanDuel Sportsbook over-under of 13 right now in terms of national television games. All right, uh, Dak's deal will get done. Uh, do you think he'll make $35 million and Clowney will not go to Seattle? Are you buying that, that someone's going to give him $18 million somewhere else? Has anything gotten more stale than waiting around for Dak Prescott to get this $35 million that's been going on since last August? Uh, can we just... Go give the guy the money already uh, so we can stop talking about it. You know you're going to pay him. Just go and do it. What are you waiting for? And uh, and as far as uh, Clowney, do you think that he's going to get his money? Where do you think he's going to go? Do you have any guess? I think it's going to be something absolutely out of nowhere. It doesn't sound like he's going to go back to Seattle. He's going to have to come down on that 18, 19, 20, 21 million a year that he wants. He might have to, Scotty, if this thing goes on a little longer – he might have to do like a, another one year. Uh, you want to say, not say prove it, but he might have to do another one year deal and try to get paid next off season. What about the Giants? Respectfully, I got twenty seconds. The Giants could absolutely use him. That's for sure. They could use pass rush. He would help them out immensely. They've got a little bit of space. Um, is he a is he a Joe Judge guy? Is he gonna be able to fit that uh, Patriot profile that Joe Judge is bringing to the Giants? Maybe oh, that's the question. Please, Joe Judge acts like he's some kind of badass already, like he's uh, George Patton or something. He's trying too hard to be Bill Belichick. When we come back, we'll talk about the Chiefs. Are they a dynasty? Because they're calling him that already after one Super Bowl. We'll get into that on Coast to Coast. All right, I'm Carver High here with your Sports Grid update. The NFL schedule will be released later tonight, as we were just talking about. But already some of the leaks are hitting the social media world. Reports say that Tom Brady's first game as a Buccaneer will be in New Orleans against the Saints week one. Among the other opening week leaks, 
The Eagles will be in Washington to take on the Redskins, and the Bills will host the Jets. Also reportedly out there is the Raiders hosting the Saints in Vegas on Monday Night Football in Week 2, and the Saints and the Vikings meeting on Christmas Day, which is a Friday this year. The wife of Raven safety Earl Thomas was arrested last month in Texas after pointing a loaded gun at her husband's head during an argument. Allegedly, Nina Thomas confronted Earl after finding him and his brother with two other women in separate rooms down in Texas. She came with a couple people, chased him around with his gun. It did not have the magazine in it, but there was still a uh, one in the clip. So um, there you go. So big trouble for Thomas. He says no big deal, though, on social media. Everything will be just fine. The Ravens are aware of the situation. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson will be doing the match again. And this time, Scotty, they are bringing Tom Brady and Peyton Manning involved. They're going to get them in the mix, too. It will take place at the Dallas Golf Course in Florida on Sunday, May 24th, 3 p.m. Eastern. It'll be on TNT, TBS, and a host of other stations. Warner Media and the golfer, Scotty, are all teaming up to donate $10 million towards COVID-19 relief efforts. They will also have side bets, quote-unquote, throughout the game. The match of the 18 holes where they will have a which will also go to charity. And uh, that will take place, like we said, on May 24th. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh wants more flexibility for college football players. In a letter written by the Michigan coach today, he wants players to be able to enter the NFL draft whenever they want and not have to wait until their third year of eligibility. And for them to also be able to re-enter school if they don't get drafted in the NFL draft and if they still have eligibility left, wants them to have the option to be able to come back to school. Why don't you beat ahead. Ohio State and stop worrying about anything else, okay? Because <laughs> you got one job and you haven't done it yet up in Ann Arbor. Stop worrying about uh, players going to the NFL there, coach. Uh, get your khaki pants and beat Ohio State. Oh, my God, I've heard it all. <laughs> With the NBA ready to reopen facilities, a few people around the league are not so sure it's the best idea. Mavericks owner Mark Cuban thinks it's not worth it to put anyone's life in danger right now. Blazers star CJ McCollum downplayed the urgency for players to even need to get back in the gym before playing. In the same realm, though, reports say the Lakers will open facilities on May 15th and the Warriors will possibly open theirs on May 31st. Dana White says his fight island should be ready by June Ave fights. We'll talk about this later on. Conor McGregor and Jorge Masvidal possibility. I'm Carver High with a Sports Grid update. You want the edge? Get on the grid. All right, uh, SB Nation back with us on Coast to Coast, Sports Grid style. I'm Pharrell, Carver High, Styling. Mafia is with us as well. I wanted to, um, first of all, say that I should be allowed to go to Fight Island for all of those events. I think that uh, Sports Grid should send me to the island. I'll lay out while they prepare for the fights all day, and then I will... Uh, go to the fights, and then I will fly home with a tan. It sounds like a plan to me. Uh, can the Chiefs be the next dynasty in the NFL? Of course, uh, what is a dynasty now? I guess, uh, according to the people that uh, are geniuses on television, you win one Super Bowl, you suddenly are a dynasty. And, uh, of course, the same thing happens in the NFL every year. When a team is 9 or 10-0, and 0, they start talking about them going undefeated every single day of the week. Uh, until they lose, uh, it's been going on. It's like a disease. They every year, oh, they're undefeated. Will they go undefeated? Are they going to run the tables? Are they going to win? Are they a dynasty? They've won a Super Bowl. They are a dynasty. We're going to be covering them like the Bulls in their six titles. Oh, and the Patriots nine trips to the Super Bowls and their six Super Bowls and the glory of the Pittsburgh Steelers four and six years and the Red Wings and the Islanders and the Penguins and the Edmonton Oilers and a dynasty this and dynasty that and they've won a Super Bowl. They were down by 10 in the fourth quarter. They're the greatest team in the history of the NFL and Mahomes is going to win 10 straight MVPs. I mean, it really does get annoying, Carver High. Yeah, it does get annoying, the dynasty talk. But I'll tell you this, Scotty. Here's why I think it's going to be very hard for there to be, quote-unquote, dynasties in the NFL. Now, the New England Patriots are a completely different situation to me. You're talking about the greatest head coach in the history of the league, quite possibly. And you're also talking about a quarterback 
who for the majority, in fact, almost the entire time he was with that team, did not get the big money. How often is Tom Brady the highest paid player in the NFL? About never. All these quarterbacks, Scotty, and you know it, they want to get paid. And you need to have somebody like Tom on a team to have a dynasty where the quarterback isn't making a lot of money so that you can fill out the rest of your roster. Now, here's what I do know. Patrick Mahomes has already had two of the greatest seasons that you can have in the NFL, a 50-touchdown MVP year, and then he backed that up by winning the Super Bowl the next year after getting injured halfway through the season and, uh, and winning the Super Bowl MVP. So you know that he hasn't gotten paid yet, and eventually he's going to want to get paid. And when he gets paid, Scotty, it's going to be very hard for the Kansas City Chiefs to spread that money out throughout the roster, just like Seattle. And I, I know they've still made the playoffs the last few years, but the reason why they haven't been back to the Super Bowl is once Russell Wilson had to start getting paid and a few other guys, they had to get rid of everybody else. So that's kind of how it works in the NFL now. And I think it's very hard to have a huge dynasty like that. So they have 20 of 22 players uh, that, that matter uh, on that team coming back. Do they repeat this year? Uh, I, you know, when he gets his contract and money, that's a different story. But with, with the team still loaded with all that coming back, do they win it again? I think that they could absolutely win the Super Bowl again this year. It is going to be a strange year. We, we don't really know what this season is going to look like yet once we get into August and September, but they have just as good a shot as anybody else because they have the best quarterback in the game right now. I mean, Mahomes is the best guy out there. They still have a lot of those pieces, like you said, bringing back 20 out of the 22. Uh, I'm just saying they might win another one or maybe win two out of three, but then that money's going to start to pour in, and they're not going to be able to do that four out of five or, you know, five out of seven, you know, the kind of stuff that you talk about with those teams in the seventies or the Patriots, et cetera. I don't think they can get to that level. All right. So uh, Forbes came out with another list that the Packers have the most passionate fan base in all of sports. Yesterday we heard that the Penguins had the best, uh, you know, hockey fans, number nine in total fan bases in sports. There's the list. Packers, Pats, Saints, Steelers, Eagles, Seahawks, Warriors, Thunder, Penguins, and then Red Sox, the top 10 fan bases in sports. Uh, would you argue uh, with that? Now, I'm not going to even try to like go against the Packers. They do have great fans. It's an incredible experience going to Lambeau Field. But is it more about Lambeau Field or is it about their fans? Because Buffalo, the Bills Mafia is unbelievable. The Steelers fans you cannot even argue that they, you know, don't travel as well as Packer fans. The Steeler fans, wherever you go, they're at every stadium, no matter what. And I mean, thousands of them, like they take over stadiums. And then, like, you know, all this talk about Warrior fans and Thunder fans, where are they? Like, you know, I go to games in, in New York, Brooklyn, wherever, and I don't see any Warrior fans. I might see a Curry jersey or a, Thompson jersey or a KD old Thunder jersey or a, or a Brody jersey, but there's nobody around here wearing those jerseys. Uh, I'm talking about, like they're saying, the best fan bases. I, I get it that the Warriors are great at Oracle when they were there, but are you serious? Are you, are you buying this list? Uh, I'm not really buying this list, to be, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Are there a couple of teams on there that I absolutely agree with? Of course. Uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers, we know the history. We know the Anytown USA feel to it being a small place like that. The Cheesehead. Scotty, you go anywhere that the Green Bay Packers play, half the building is filled with people wearing those foam cheeseheads on their heads. And the same thing goes for the Steelers. They travel immensely well. I've got a problem with a couple teams in that top ten, and you want to call it bias, you call it whatever you want. The New England Patriots, uh, let's see where their fans are if they have a couple of bad years. And, they're, and when are they known for traveling well? When are the Patriot fans known to travel? You wonder why there's a lot when of Patriot fans? Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you know why there's a lot of Patriot fans? Because they've been winning for 20 years, and they've slowly built up. There was nobody cared about that team before Tom Brady and Bill Belichick got there. You're talking about some historic franchises on that list that have been doing it for you know, 30, 40, 50, 60-plus years. I want to see the Patriot fans show up when their team stinks. And uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, I get it. It's like the Green Bay angle. You know, it's one team, a one-team town. People go in there. They're nuts in that arena. But like you said, I mean, is there Oklahoma City Thunder fans in California and Florida and New York and, and all across the map? I don't think so. I think that the Lakers fans and the uh, Celtic fans 
are better than any of those NBA teams in terms of on a national scale. I mean, there are Laker fans everywhere and Celtic fans, and they've won so many championships between them. I don't even think that those teams that uh, they, the Warriors don't look, I know they won their three and, and got all excited. Congratulations. Great team. I get it. But no one can give a rat's ass about the Warriors ever. Listen, I lived in San Francisco and everybody knows that I kicked ass and took names there. My show was number one. And here's why we had fun with run TMC back then. And no one nationally cared about the Warriors. Even then when they were run TMC, no one cared about the Warriors who seldom come out to play. I'm telling you the Celtic and Laker fans are better already. And then the Penguins. Now I get it. I'm a Penguin fan. So I buy the Penguins. They have a great fan base, but there's a lot of great hockey fan bases in the NHL. There's no doubt about it. Let's talk about the NBA. Now we're going to have this big conference call with all the players on a pain-free Friday. And I'm sure they're going to talk about getting back into these facilities, training, uh, a plan. Are they going to play in Vegas? Are they going to play in uh, Orlando? We're going to hear players, I'm sure, in that conference call complaining about safety, complaining about, you know, being stashed away from their families. What do you think the biggest concern will be? Like guys like Mark Cuban saying, I'm not opening my facility. What do you think the biggest gripe's going to be? Here's uh, Cuban talking about it. He said that, you know, we can test people. We can't assure anybody's safety, whether they're basketball players or anybody else. What do you think the biggest problem is going to be, Carver High? Yeah, I think it's going to be just that. I think it's going to be trying to keep everybody safe. And like Cuban's saying right now, is the risk worth the reward? He doesn't think so. Um, CJ McCollum, like I just said in the news update, you know, he, he doesn't think that the guys even need to train that much before they start playing actual games yet. So... Uh, it's so hard to know if you're rushing this thing or not. Like I said before, the NFL has time. They don't need to rush NBA and these other people you know, they have, don't have as much time. I get it. But I think the testing and making sure that everybody healthy is obviously going to be the biggest hurdle. I think they could easily Scotty, figure out a way to do one of those two plans where they plop and play in Las Vegas or down in Florida and they, cause I think the NBA is the easiest to do a format like that because of the amount of people that you're going to have to bring to those places. And I think they can find a way to play one of those formats. It's keeping everybody healthy is going to be the biggest concern. And that's going to be a nationwide and a worldwide problem for who knows how long at this point. All right. So the uh, Lakers are planning, uh, are trying to open on the 16th and the Warriors, the end of the month on the 31st. Uh, I know they've been talking to Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, about these situations. And Newsom does not want this happening with fans or any kind of, uh, you know, predicaments that are, you know, not on top of safety. Safety has to be the priority in social distancing and, and testing and everything else and finding vaccines. Now, let me ask you, the more important story to me is the Clay Thompson uh, viral video that hit where you got to get a little taste of him in his PT, his therapy, his rehab from the knee surgery. Did you see it? What did you think of it? I did see it, and it looks like he's uh, progressing pretty well, right? And and I think that if the Warriors yeah. didn't, you know, uh, basically only win five games this year, and we would maybe be talking about Thompson the way that we talk about Kevin Durant, right? Wouldn't we be talking about the same thing? Maybe he could play in July. Maybe he could play in August. But here's the thing. The Warriors were so bad this year, we're not going to have that problem. Uh, but, yeah, Scotty, he looks like he could get out there and play. Uh, maybe he would have been all right to play in the Olympics if they were going to have that this summer. It'll be interesting to see if they actually uh, come back with him and win another championship without KD, with just Curry and with Thompson and all the talent that they have that they've drafted, and you know Green and, and what they're going to get in this draft. Team. What if they add? What if they add an Obi Toppin here? What if they add a, a player like that? Uh, to the mix. I mean, they'll be unbelievable. They'll be unbelievable. When we come back, we're going to get into all the UFC uh, fighting and boxing news. It's important because we like to punch people in the face. I did want to mention Barkley and MJ's rift as well. And I really don't care uh, because I think Barkley's right. MJ's a terrible owner. It's coast to coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, coast to coast for all with you. Along with Carver High, Mafia will join us here in a second. Joe Ranieri running it from Miami. I know you love the Pharrell Palatial digs. We've never given you this shot that I have out of my uh, living room window into, um, you know, Manhattan right here on the Upper West Side of, of the greatest city in the world. I'm sorry if you don't like it and you're jealous and you're angry and you want to beat my face in. But we'll get into some fighting right now just to please you. Uh, so here's the deal. Barkley Carver High and MJ have been getting in apparently a two decade rift. And all I know is that uh, the bottom line is, is that every day now we talk about Michael Jordan and every day, just like in the past, really, right. When he was winning, when they won the six titles, all we ever did was talk about Michael Jordan, be like Mike, everything else. And then uh, now they're running the last dance. So uh, they're talking about Michael Jordan all day, every day, and everyone just can't get enough of it and they can't stop. And then uh, they bring up these fights that he's having with people and everyone like uh, Craig Hodges going after him and all the rest. Here's the deal. I couldn't agree with Charles Barkley more. Now, I think he can be painful. Uh, I think, you know, I've had him on my show before. I like the guy. I think he is fun. I think he is funny. I think he has a great gig. I think he's very talented with uh, running with that gig and doing fantastic in his life. He's been phenomenal. I won't deny any of that. My problem with him has always been simple. He gets away with murder. Some of the stuff that he's done on air and off and gotten, not, you know, no trouble. He gets in no trouble for anything. Meanwhile, if I did the same stuff, I'd be in prison. I, and I would have been thrown off the air five times for the stuff he gets away with on the air. Uh, literally, trust me, I know a thing or two about going up against the FCC in court. Five times I had to do it. So they call me a shock jock and whatever else. That guy says stuff 10 times worse than me and gets away with it. So I, I, I can't stand that about him. And you can quote me on that too. And I'll argue that with anybody till I'm blue in the face. And most of it's racial. And here's the other thing. I couldn't agree with him more though on Michael Jordan because he's a lousy owner. And that's just all there is to it. Carver, you can't even argue it. The guy is like, I mean, he has been an atrocity as an owner in the NBA. I mean, does he even care about the team at all? I mean, what does he run it on, a nickel? I mean, because I don't know. That franchise is a joke. Yeah, it seems like they haven't really been able to find the right people uh, to put that organization together. Like, you'd like them to be a better team. It's Michael Jordan's team. And just none of that has been able to happen for them. Um, yeah, he's not a great owner, but I thought these guys were cool. I mean, it, they sure showed it on the documentary. You know, they were hanging out together in 92. I know that's a long time ago. Hanging out together in 92, playing each other then in the 93 finals. Uh, the rift obviously came uh, along the way there. There's no question about that between the two of them. All right, uh, let's get into some more fighting. It's very important. Why don't we uh, bring Mafia into the fray here, your boy, uh, to talk about uh, UFC 249. There he is. Look at him, rock star status. Uh, how you doing today, Mafia? You doing good, brother? I'm doing great, boys. Great to get on the action here. Join you from home. I'm excited to be part of this. All right, so uh, let's talk about 249. They're going to have 1,200 tests available in Jacksonville, and I, I just... I know that I want to see this graphic that we have on this situation because uh, the bottom line is is that uh, these tests, Mafia, are incredible. I know I've seen uh, Ferguson do it. 
I know they got a 25-page operational manual to Florida State Athletic Commission. Uh, there's no interviews at all in the octagon. Broadcasters are going to be at separate tables, so social distancing is going to be paramount. But I know you've seen these guys getting these gigantic Q-tips and rods shoved into their brains through their nostrils, and they're doing that every single day to fighters. It really is crazy uh, that they're they're actually putting them through the rigorous testing. You've got to be impressed with what the uh, UFC is doing with it. Yeah, they've done a great job getting this all secured to try to keep it safe as they can, separating people. They said that the interviews are going to be done by a headset outside the cage. They're going to keep sanitizing every time somebody uses it. It's going to be weird where the broadcasters aren't with each other. You know, usually they're so used to reacting to each other. You know, Rogan and Cormier and Anik, these guys. So to have them not playing off each other is definitely interesting. It's a little bit, you know, of a questionable situation that they're getting 1,200 kits for these tests when, you know, people can't get that in general. But still, you know, they're going to do it. And they're going to take the responsibility necessary precautions to get this done and limit the people exposed. So uh, what is the plan in general for the UFC? It seems like Dana White's plan is to not only do this Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, deal and fiasco in Florida, which is what it is like three events in, in whatever it is, nine days is insanity, but then they're going to go, he says back to Vegas on the 23rd of this month to have an event there. Are they having that at their apex or their, you know, facility in Las Vegas that's going to be private and no one's going to be allowed at that either? Yeah, that's what the talk is right now. That's what that event's going to be. They talked about doing that previously when all this started happening and they were taking events from, you know, Columbus, Ohio and up in the Washington area. They said, we're going to do this in Vegas before Vegas said, no, you're not. So they're going to try to do that now, now that Vegas is starting to ease some of the restrictions. You know, we've talked about it this week, the mayor trying to get people back into the city and get the economy going. So we'll see if the commission gives them the clearance for that. But that's the plan right now on the 23rd to do that there. Then you have the June 9th card that they're doing. Then they're talking about, you know, at the end of the month, trying to do Fight Island McGregor versus Mosquitol. So they're just trying to pump them out and get them going as much as they can right now and take advantage. All right, so uh, before we get into all that, let's let's talk for a second here about you just said that the mayor wants to get the economy going in Las Vegas again. I, I don't see how that gets the economy going if they're going to have a closed event in their facility that no one's allowed to go to. That's going to make no one money except them. Well, you got to pay like licensing fees. You got to pay for the commission to be there. There's going to be some money. It's not going to be as much as if you get all these people to come into town and party for it, but there'll be some money going into their pockets for sure. So, um, Stipe uh, Miocic, the heavyweight champ, is having uh, apparently his own little battle with Dana White. What's that all about? That he won't, uh, like, is is White accusing him of ducking uh, Cormier? Because he says, I want to fight him. It's going to happen, period. Uh, I'm going to give my fans what they want. My management's working on dates with the UFC. I'm doing what the governor has advised us to do. He's a first responder in his uh, spare time as a fireman and everything else. He says, I can't control a global pandemic. What is he uh, mad about, Dana White, with Stipe Miocic? Well, you know, everyone's giving him crap. They're saying that he doesn't want to fight, that he's not going to defend the belt, that he's holding up the division. And you know what? That's complete crap right now. I mean, it's one thing. The guy, after he got the belt, you know, had a kid. Had some surgery, had to take some time off. So you want to give him credit, you know, criticism. If you didn't come back after that, that's one thing. We have a global pandemic going on right now. So, A, if there's anybody who comes out and says, you know what, I don't feel comfortable fighting right now. I can't train properly. I'm not going to put my family at that risk. I don't want to put myself at that risk. You can't blame them. But then go the extra level that this guy is doing more important things right now. Is it more important he defends a heavyweight belt or that he goes and serves his community like he does? Because, he's like you said, he's a firefighter and a paramedic in Ohio. So, you know what, if you ask me, as much as I love the UFC, and watching fights, I think it's a hell of a lot more important. That guy's taking care of people right now when they're sick. They're going to fight in Jacksonville, Florida. Wait a minute. Uh, Carver, I just said something in my ear. Uh, let me hear. Let me respond. Hold on. He said, it's more important that Stipe drinks Modelo beer than fights or saves <laughs> lives. I'm a little confused well, sure at that, that comment time, right you know? there. After uh, a couple my, shifts, I'm sure he needs my, to put pack down a few Modelos to forget what he's seen. Yeah, Mafia is another one that drinks all those IPAs. Let's not kid ourselves. He tried to do the show today in his bar, but the cord wouldn't stretch that far. And Joe said, go back to the library. All right, so tell me about Tony Ferguson and his big fight with Gatchy on Saturday night. Tony Ferguson's, what, won 12 in a row. He's a bad mother Pharreller. 
Yeah, he's one of the best fighters in the UFC pound for pound. You know, he's had some injury troubles, and that's why he hasn't gotten to fight Khabib for that belt. This one's for the interim belt, since Khabib can't come from Russia like we know. And that fight that was supposed to happen in April between Ferguson and Khabib got canceled with coronavirus. But, I mean, the guy is awesome. He's good at every facet of the game. He's got great takedown defense. He's a great pure boxer and striker in MMA. You know, he's not one of these guys that swings wild. He's going to pick you apart as you come and try to take his head off. So that's where it's interesting here that Gatchi is more of a brawler. He comes in there and tries to just knock you out. I think Ferguson's going to do a great job kind of keeping his distance and getting him with those strikes with those, some jabs and some counter punches to shake him up a little bit and avoid the big shots of Gatchi and make him pay for those. You know, the, well, this is interesting with these fighters because, you know, we could pick apart what these guys do in, in their regular fights, but these guys don't have regular training camps. They're not having regular coaching situations there. They can't spar with all their guys that they usually do. So it's really interesting to see how they react to all this themselves. Actually, I heard that uh, Gatchi has been training by having uh, Earl Thomas's wife come by the house with a gun and chase him around the yard, and it's been an effective way <laughs> of getting ready. For well, he's one of the few that actually has guys there. He's he's uh, cordoned off with Usman, the other champ. So he's had some you know top flight competition there fighting him in his house, but these other guys aren't having all these guys that they usually train with. All right, so uh, Henry Cejudo is an incredible champion, and he's fighting Dominic Cruz, who I told you I ran into uh, on a flight once. Maybe you were with me when I saw him. I don't remember if that was you that was with me when I flew with him. Maybe it was with my family. I think I introduced him to my family. I know Dominic because he was a broadcaster at the time. My point being is that for three years, I think, he literally was a broadcaster because he had so many injuries he couldn't fight. And here he is finally healthy and coming back to fight. And he was a bad man. But I think three years of rust and being in the booth and just broadcasting, uh, I think he's walking into a death trap with Cejudo. Yeah, almost four years now. It's like three and a half. And as you mentioned, he had so many injuries before that. Last fight in 2016, he probably had, you know, you could count on two hands how many times he's fought in the last decade because how many times he's gotten hurt. Was one of the greatest champs the UFC and the uh, WEC ever had. Very dominant. We saw fights with him against, you know, Uri Faber and all that crew. But still, coming off that long a layoff with these weird conditions where you can't really train like you did, I'm finding it hard to give him that much credit. I, I like him a lot more since he became a broadcaster. I hated him as a fighter. He was a jerk. He seemed to have grown up and become a better person as a broadcaster and more interesting. But I think it's a dangerous mix for him to get back in the cage right now with all this going on against a guy like Sohudo who could just dominate you so many ways. So Pettis, Showtime Pettis against Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, here's a note for everyone. Cowboy Cerrone fights 365 days a year. He's got an event every single day scheduled for the next five years. He's fought every day for the last 10 years, and he has no brain damage whatsoever. Hasn't Pettis beat him once before? Yeah, he beat him back in 2013 with a body kick. So these guys know each other. These guys are very similar styles. And as you said, you know, Cerrone is one of the most exciting fighters, one of the most, best personalities in the UFC. But he fights so often, you can't really, you know, even heal from the damage that he's taken over these last couple of years. You know, you mentioned all the cards are trying to pack in this month. I bet you for the next four cards, he might fight on three of them. So, Mafia, who do you like in a, and then I want to ask Carver High the same question. First, you, Mafia, who do you like in a uh, McGregor-Mosvidal match on Ferrella Fight Island? And uh, do you like... McGregor or De La Hoya, now those two want to fight in a boxing match. Who do you like, Mafia? You're up first. McGregor, De La Hoya is a complete money grab from two guys. that I mean, McGregor doesn't need the money as much, but De La Hoya needs to stay in the spotlight. Every time someone else is fighting, he's got to jump on there and talk about how he would beat them, how great he was. Every time Mayweather was fighting, it was all about De La Hoya opening his mouth that week. As far as the Mosfidal-McGregor fight, I like Mosfidal. I think McGregor's, you know, a tough guy, but Masvidal is way tougher, more dangerous, and he has an incredible chin. I'll take him on that. Uh, Carver High, who do you like, uh, Masvidal or your boy, the Irish Flash? And then do you like McGregor against your boy, Oscar De La Hoya? <laughs> well, look, uh, I thought McGregor was really impressive, but that was against that last fight out, but that was against Cowboy Cerrone, and anybody could beat that guy around right now. Uh, I think that Masvidal would be a very, very hard fight for Connor. I've said this about Connor for a long time after the Mayweather thing. You know this, Scotty. This guy wants big paydays. He wants big scenes. He wants all this stuff. I don't think this Delahoya thing would actually happen, because let's be fair, Delahoya's old, he's slow, and, he's, and he drinks a lot now, or what he used to. I know he stopped, fine. Uh, but um, he ain't going to fight Conor McGregor in, in some kind of boxing match. You know that that's not really going to happen. It's just not. I got I got Point. 10 seconds with you. Tell me this much, Mafia. Uh, is this as bad as the Pauly Malignaggi thing with McGregor? 
Even worse, because Taylor Hart's been yeah, in for so long. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. I'll figure that one out myself. This is as cheesy as the Paulie Malinaji fight with McGregor. We'll come back. I'll talk about Evander Holyfield making bad decisions on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. So I wanted to uh, ask you, Carver High, I know that Evander Holyfield uh, has said that he's ready now to come back uh, into the ring and do some exhibitions after Mike Tyson was offered a million dollars to fight an exhibition fight. And we have seen, you know, uh, Money Mayweather get a million dollars to fight an exhibition in Japan. And all these guys are getting offered all this money to do these fights. And they were talking about Tyson. He still punches like he's 21 years old. And uh, I just want to know what I think the world wants to know. Are you seriously going to put up with another Holyfield Tyson with these guys being as old as they are? Come on, Scott. Come on. You don't really. This can't happen, right? I mean, me and you saw Holyfield. What was it? Two and a half months ago. Out in Vegas, uh, before that Wilder Fury fight, I mean, the guy, you could tell he was a 57-year-old boxer who took a lot of hits in his life. Why do these guys do this in their late 50s? They want to go and get back in the ring. Evander, please, uh, just sit it out, my man. You know, you need the money that badly? Come on, you can't possibly. Go do the, the thing with Rice and Favre. Go get a couple bucks with them, the copper pads. I mean, what are we doing here, Scotty, honestly? All right. What are we so doing? Here we go. A fan, a slowdown, a fan in uh, St. Louis, Tom, writes in. He's a listener on SB Nation Radio. He says, uh, do people here in St. Louis still love Mark McGuire? And will the Blues repeat as Stanley Cup champs? What do you think, Carver? Do they still love McGuire after all the juice and everything? And will the Blues repeat? Yeah, they love, they, they probably still love him, just like they love Bonds in San Francisco. They love, if it's your guy, you love him, and it's that simple. The Blues have just as good a chance as anybody else to win the Cup again, yes, if they play. McGuire and Pujols, who do they love more? I say Pujols. Oh, Pujols, Pujols, a billion times Pujols, absolutely. Carver High said he was rooting for Sosa in that home run year against McGuire. I was rooting for McGuire, but he had bad back and face acne at the time. Coast to coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 